Vena stara urna iz vort, am parša šimojis, farbica govorke, da tišlah je sa Musa, vajt hazal, da govorim sojte, tells us, da tišlah a Musa, that, vaj vas par redni, štarbev a Musa, her hand became very long, amas harbe, right, her hand became extra long, she was able to reach out. So it's interesting that we find that, you know, Hashem should make such a nest. Okay, so Hashem made a nest to get Moshe Rabbani, to be able to save Moshe, made a nest, and Basi Baspari was able to reach out and, and get to where he was. Beautiful. But that's all Menashemayim. That's once she reached out her hand, Hashem made that she should reach him because that's what was necessary to happen. But what, what was she thinking? What was she thinking? She reached out her hand to reach something that's Amas Harba, you know, many Amas away. What was, what was she thinking? And the answer is, and it's a lesson to all of us, right, that if a person really has if a person really wants something enough, then even something that's very far away from me, even something that looks out of reach, you know, all he has to do is really want and do something, just step forward and move in that direction, and Hashem will definitely help that that he'll be able to get there. Something that looked totally out of reach. If you want it enough and you do something towards it, Hashem is the one that's going to you know, make it happen. So that it wasn't just a nest that Hashem made because cause Hashem wanted Moshe to be saved. It was, Hashem, it was something Hashem did to show us, and, and, and it's just an outcome of somebody wanting something enough and doing something for it. And he ends over the words, she limit Gudel. A big limit. That does not bring it from the Rabbinu. But this is, this is a big lesson. A very big lesson. A very big lesson in life. Very many people look at difficulties that they have, whether it's with Shumbayas, and even personal difficulties as well, as something that's just out of reach. Out of reach. And this is often what, what makes people, unfortunately, just give up, um, feeling helpless or hopeless or whatever it is, and, and nobody means anything bad. Nobody, nobody means to give up. Nobody means to get too frustrated. It's just, uh, what can I really do? What can I do? This child is challenging me in a way that uh, I, just don't, I don't know what to do. So people give up. People just, they, they lose they lose the chayshik. When it comes to marriage and relationship, how many, how many relationships fall through only because somebody came to a point where it looked out of reach to make it work. And, and at that point, they just stopped doing whatever they could do anymore. And whatever was going well also... You know, starts failing, and it's very sad. It's very sad to see people lose hope. Um, now, the, the truth is that, like I said, I understand that sometimes you feel like I just don't have, I just don't have what it takes. I don't have the way, so I stop doing anything. And all you have to know is that it's, Hashem's running the show. Hashem's there for us. Hashem wants us to live peacefully. Hashem wants us to live happily and successfully. And all we have to do is want enough and move in the right direction. And things that look so out of reach all of a sudden become so accessible. That's what Chazal told us. You got the mitzvah if you work on it, you got to, you put in the work, you put in the effort, Matsusu, you find it's a Matsiya, you find the way. Now, the old Kasha, if, you, if you're putting in the work, it's not a Matsiya, you're not finding anything. You find something that you just happen to find. You didn't put in work into it, you put in work, that's not called Matsiya. And the answer is that no, you put in the work and Hashem lets you find it. It's something that seemed like it had to be found because there wasn't anything you could do toward it, but you put in the right work and you get there. So, with that, let me address a question that I think you know, along these lines. Okay, near Vagrun. It took me a lot of courage to reach out here, but some background. Okay. I'm a 24-year-old girl, originally from a Chesidish community, who Burakshem is a Kala. I've always been labeled as different, out of the box, out there, and not the typical. Although a wide spectrum of boys were being suggested to me, I always knew the basic idea of what I was looking for. However, even after voicing my wants to my parents... A suggestion came up, and it happened really fast and led to me becoming a Kala. Now, for the most part, I'm happy and blessed. He's a very nice and smart individual. I don't want to come across as ungrateful or not smart, but I feel that he's too from for me. I know it might sound childish, but it's something that was niggling me from the second I met him. I find myself wanting him to be someone who he's not, especially since he's not the type I originally had thought I would marry. 
I find myself wanting him to be a bit more chilled. Not less from, Torah-wise, but more like things like dress code, etc. I'm anxious and worried. Similarly, I'm also concerned that I might be too chilled for him. I was suggested many boys who I really think I'd be more the type, they'd be more my type, but my, my parents weren't on the same page, and I'm concerned. I want things to work out. How can I learn to accept him the way he is and to openly see how he is my bashert? If possible... Okay. Um, I, I appreciate the response. So b- before I even start addressing the question with an answer, I'm going to say what I think ma- very many people are thinking, right? Because I don't want to miss uh, what, what people are waiting for me to say. So let, let me start with this: the topic of finding the right shidduch for a child, and the topic of finding the right shidduch for yourself is a very big topic. We spoke about it a few times already, and there's a lot more that has to be spoken about. Um, even just parents looking for shidduch for a child and and trying their best to do what they think is right. So often it's easy to hear a child's description of how a shidduch goes about and say it's terrible. Sometimes you hear a parent explaining about why they did a certain shidduch and things make sense and don't make sense. And balancing values, balancing principles, balancing family, balancing the most important part, which is the child involved. A lot of things have to be balanced. It's very easy to say, oh, we just look at this or we just look at that. And very often it's a balance that's necessary to, you know, to find the right thing. And after finding the right thing, knowing how to make someone feel comfortable with it, knowing how to make sure that somebody's okay with it, so it doesn't, you know, they don't keep this feeling forever of is this really what I wanted, um, and things like that. And there's there's so much for parents to hear about this, so much for children to know about this, when relevant by the time you're 24 at least, uh, whatever. My point is just that this is a big topic that I'm not going to address now. We're talking here to somebody who is Baruch Hashem Akala, found her Bashert, on her way to, or maybe by now she got married, I don't even know, but on her way to starting a beautiful life, a beautiful journey together with her husband, and I wish herself, I'm just mentioning that some people may have gotten triggered during the question, like, hey, something's wrong over here. Okay, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. I don't know more details than I mentioned here, I don't know what, you know, what was really going on behind the scenes, and it's definitely something that should be discussed and addressed in general. Now, with, with that said, let me start like this. Like I say often when people write to me about situations, um, and I'm not, I don't look to play down the situation or the difficulty or the challenge or whatever it is. My point is just to, to explain to everyone and to the questioner how common this is. It's so common for a husn kala, for a husn or kala, or husn and kala, um, to feel like, ooh, there's so much room to adapt over here. I don't know if I could do that. We're so far apart. The old joke I say every once in a while about the husn who told his parents, hey, why are you... Uh, um, Tati ma- married mommy and Zaidi married Bobby and to me you're finding some strange girl that I don't even know right? that's, how, that's how it looks sometimes to children like, how, how am I going to adapt to this person I don't know now sometimes it's just because I don't know them sometimes it's because they're so different the background is different that their ideas are different and things like that and, and it's definitely um, a common feeling now for all those who, who feel that way and wonder if not everyone feels that way it's important to know that you'll never find your clone you'll never find somebody who's just like you and sometimes when you do it's dangerous I'm not going to go into why sometimes when you find someone who's just like you this, this, it, it's, not, it's not even good you're attracted to something too quickly too fast but again it's, it's a discussion of its own um, I spoke to many people who did have much more liberty and much more time and much more um, of their own understanding of what they're looking for and they ended up finding something very not what they were looking for, either because they didn't know what they were looking for, etc. But it's very normal for two people to become Chus and Kala and get married, or on the way to getting married, and feel like we're very different. It's very normal. As a matter of fact, everybody has to adapt 
on some level, in some place. It might look like some people are doing it more, some people are doing it less, but everybody is adapting when it comes to two people living together long-term and making a real eternal bond with Ibish itself. That's first of all. It's also normal to be scared in general. It's normal for a Chusnokal to be intimidated, anxious, or scared about getting married. You're starting something new in life that you don't know how it's going to turn out. What Hashem's help will be beautiful. And that's a scary feeling. And sometimes people um, project that fear that they just have of the unknown into something that they could try to make sense out of. The reason I'm afraid is because we're different. We're not really that different. And if I had to live with him just for today, I'd be fine with it. But because there's a long-term something, I don't know what it's going to turn out to. Stamazoy, I'm afraid of, of, of the unknown. I'll, I'll, I'll convince myself that this is what's doing it. So I'm just trying to um, add some some context. There's another feeling as well that I want to throw in there, and that is a feeling of resentment, that sometimes children are just simply resentful to parents about how they went about a certain decision, and they're, again, they're projecting that resentment into different details. In other words, I'm upset that my parents didn't take me seriously, for example. I'm upset that they didn't give me the choice. If they would have given me the choice, I probably would have decided what they're telling me to, and that might have been what they should have done. But the fact that they didn't give me the choice, and I'm resentful about how these things play out in my life, in my relationship with them, so that's why I'm going to now obsess about something and make believe this is what's bothering me, or really it's not. If that's the case, then the resentment and the relationship is what you have to deal with. I'm just trying to put all the cards on the table and show how this is normal and could be dealt with, you know, as, as, as a normal difficulty and not something like, oh, what do I do now? I'm going to pickle. Now, um, like I said, I, I, I talk to many people, Baruch Hashem. Like I said it on my message for the Torah Anytime campaign, I talk to people all over the world from all different backgrounds, all different communities um, in the in the realm, in the context of my work. And I, I've, 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 I've seen very many different approaches to Shadichim, to marriage in general. And I can tell you that in the big picture, and I, I mentioned this once in the interview that somebody did with me also recently, uh, like how different is the Chassidish and the Litvish and the Maran and this. In the big scheme of things, it's not all that different. People People don't believe it. It's not all that different. Whatever you'll find in this community, whatever struggles and challenges, you'll find somewhere else as well. Of course, the nuances and of course the details and of course the way it comes out could always be a little different just based on the dynamics, but it's not all that different. You'd be surprised. The people that are dating longer and, and choosing their shidduch and having more options and, and whatever it is are not necessarily feeling more comfortable or more anything or happier later on for sure not and all that. So it's just, it's important to know that. And I want to explain why it's like that. The reason is because the important part of a shidduch, the important part of marriage, the important part of, of husband and wife getting along, is the emotional connection. All the outside stuff that makes people feel like they are compatible and they're similar and they're not similar, or they are, all that stuff, again, emotionally, that could make someone very disturbed and very uh, insecure. But what really makes a shidduch work, what makes a marriage work, is when there is an Irish self emotional connection. Some people are better at that, some people are worse at that, sometimes there's more challenges, sometimes there's more of it, sometimes there's less of it, but I've definitely seen very, very many marriages that looked so compatible and are so similar and had none of this kind of insecurity of maybe we're not for each other, chilled, not chilled, we look different and things like that. There was like, mom, like, it just fit like a glove. Every shot can call with the same idea. And then all of a sudden, no emotional connection and, and the relationship is suffering. And then you have the other way around. People who wonder about a shidduch, wow, such an interesting shidduch. I guess they did it because they had to skip, or this was older, this one had diabetes, or whatever. And it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I know up close of a marriage, and this is just the one that I use as an example in my head when I talk about it. Uh, you know, from the outside, you would think that it's mamish, like, mamish, uh, Mars and Venus, as they would call it. 
the background is different, the attitude is different, even the personality looks different, and the, and the values look different, and all that. And and it's not just a shidduch of a shunashayni couple that I'm talking about. I'm talking about a couple that by now married off some kids, and it's just it's it's beautiful. And 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 I'm saying it, you know, with 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 kafil. I, I I look at this couple. And I'm like, wow, look, look how they respect each other. Look look how they they join together and built a home, and and the, and it's just amazing. The, the adapting and the flexibility and how they didn't neither of them ate each other up or controlled the other or made, didn't make room for each other it's just it's just you know the the, the what's the word you know the perfect the perfect marriage quintessential uh, couple and the, the background and everything about them is mummish not even on the same until today until today you could like wonder so, so to speak how it works now I'm not saying that every couple is like that I'm not saying that you shouldn't care who you marry or try to find something in the same ballpark I'm not saying that little things can't make a big difference. I'm not saying you should marry someone who has nothing in common with you. I'm saying that so much of what people get stuck on, both when it comes to a shidduch and both when it comes to being afraid or being comfortable or whatever. And in your case, the question of what it looks like you're dealing with is not all that different. Not all that different. So like I said before, how to go about a shidduch, if this was the way to go about it, it's not a discussion now. Definitely basheret and all that. But it doesn't look like it's so off. And it, look like, it looks like from what you're telling me, the little bit that I know, you can have a wonderful emotional connection and feel really good and feel connected and not even care about any differences. Even, even if they will remain long-term. It's very important. Now, let me go on to the next point. You, you're more out of the box. You're looking for someone more chilled. Now, I'm not sure what the word chilled means. I mean, I am, but let me, let me just try to explain this. If chilled means having fun and, and enjoying you know, that which is good to enjoy. Uh, enjoying life in a healthy way, in a kosher way, in the, in the right way. And I think it's wonderful, and you'd be surprised because everybody likes to have fun. And even somebody who looks very serious uh, might also have that fun-loving part of him that could definitely connect with something light and something enjoyable and something pleasant and something gishmak. You'd be surprised um, if that's what chilled means. And when, when appropriate and when good, it's wonderful. And you should pursue it. Sofia talks about it. I'm not going to go into the whole discussion, because it's a big discussion, but we make a bruchah on the trees, that Hashem was buri ilunas toivis, lehunas ben Hashem made nice trees, so that people enjoy it. And Rabbi Gnamil was very into the, you know, enjoying the world that Hashem made for us. So if being chilled means somebody knows how to enjoy life, enjoy a relationship, enjoy a marriage, enjoy enjoy time together, you'd be surprised that somebody who doesn't look so chilled, like you say, might still have a very big part of them that could really enjoy you know, the connection and, and the life together. If the chilled attitude that you're talking about is something that like many people referred to um, as being very chilled very chilled uh, whether it means not taking things too serious or you know no, don't nobody tell me what to do or other kind of descriptions that I'm not going to explain all the definitions of being chilled let me just say this much very often it's not healthy I've nothing against being chilled or not chilled I, I, I respect anyone who is or isn't chilled but very many people who are chilled it looks it's, it's appealing and very often it's attractive, you know, wow, it's so oh, chilled, like, so cool, you just do what you want, you just don't care about anything and anyone, and all that. And very often, very often, not always, not always, it's coming from a certain unhealthiness where somebody can't conform or adapt or take things seriously. And sometimes it's not just what you see. There's something deeper to it. So I'm not saying you should stay away from people that are chilled, I'm not saying people that are chilled are bad. I'm just saying that sometimes what, what looks attractive to you might not be something that you're really looking for. You might be looking for what the what it looks like to you, but sometimes there's something deeper than that that could that could cause a problem. It could cause a problem. It could cause a problem in a relationship. It could cause a problem in a family. It could cause a problem in a community. Could, I'm chilled. 
what, what is that chilled? Is, is, is it chilled that you want to enjoy life and feel good about yourself and, and take things in an enjoyable, fun-loving way? Or is it chilled in a way that sometimes could, could touch upon certain um, negativity that could come out in other places that's not so chilled anymore? That's just food for thought. I know I'm being a little vague, but I think people understand what I'm saying. You happen to mention you happen to mention that you don't mean it uh, Torah-wise, but maybe dress code. Again, I'm not here to give a shkafa class on how people should dress, and I have no issue with how people dress. Everyone can choose what they dress. We should not be judging people by how they dress, and nobody is to be judged by how they dress. And you can have people that are dressed um, very this way and are really that way, and you have people dressing really that way and really. Th- and, you know, I, I know, I know that it's not the dress code. It's not. However, with that said, um, very often it, it's important. Very often, certain difficulties, certain, again, I call it unhealthy parts of a person um, that, that, that are expressing themselves come out first in the way someone's dressing. Again, it's not about everybody wearing black and white. It's not about everybody looking the same. And I know people didn't used to look the same. But there's something about looking different and being different that's coming from a certain place in a person's um, nefesh, in, in, a, in a person's personality, in a person's psyche, that's looking to be different and express something that's not necessarily what you're looking for. So it's not about the dress. People have to understand that, especially in today's day and age, in the world that we are in today, it, when the yid doesn't look different than the goy, and when everything is becoming a big mishmash, it becomes a problem. It's not a frumkai issue. You could be frumer and dress uh, more chilled, and you could be less frum and dress and dress, and, and dress frum. I, I know that. I do. You could, you could have the look and dress the dress and go the walk, and be totally fadarvan inside, and you could do the, just the opposite. You have people who are dressing, you know, in, in, uh, very colorful and very chilled, and a very erlich and sincere. I know that it's not the dress that's, that's determining anything or dictating it. But but at the same time, there's something about uh, the way people express themselves that you don't know what's coming out or what's being expressed. Again, it's a little vague, but I think people are, people know what that means. So sometimes when you see it and you say something like, you know, I, I, "I like when something's just a little more toned down and not so this." If that's what it is, it's fine. It's not a problem at all. But if that's not what it is, and it's really something else, there's something to think about. I know there's a yeshiva locally that takes in boys from you know, different uh, backgrounds and stages or whatever it is that kids are struggling with. And one of the brilliant ideas that the yeshiva came up with, I know not everyone likes it, but there's something, I don't know, just I respect it, is that we don't tell the boys how to dress. You can dress whatever you want. You can dress in short sleeves and long sleeves, in red shirts and white shirts, in short pants, in a huge, a big couple, a small one. You can dress however you want. But the way you come into yeshiva, that's how you stay dressed. If you came into yeshiva this way, and that's how you are, we accept you, we take you, and we don't judge you. But if tomorrow you start changing, or if tomorrow something changes with your dress code, that's not, that, that we're not going to be okay with. I think it says something. I'm not judging, I'm not saying that the boys that dress this way are worse than the ones that dress that way, and I'm only accepting these because I think that's very important to dress a certain way. No, I understand that there's all different kinds. But if, but if slowly you're shifting and you're changing and, and there's something about that, that you know, that's a question. Why are you doing that? What are you looking for? Whose attention are you looking for? Who are you looking to, who are you looking to impress? What is it that, that you're not happy with? Why, why are you feeling so uncomfortable? That's something that the yeshiva won't tolerate. So it's just something to think about. So if you're looking for somebody who's more chilled and his dress code is not so I-I-I or whatever it is, I'm just telling you that sometimes finding a boy who's less chilled and knows how to conform and still enjoy life and be a very fun-loving husband and a very close, emotionally connected spouse, I think very often you could be a real winner with what you got. And I think you shouldn't be afraid at all. And I don't think adapting is too hard. I think everyone's adapting. And I think that you know you might have to adapt very, very slightly, very subtly, very, very um, small um, 
you know, work on your part. One thing I will say, and it's important for everyone, not just someone who's uh, who's in Kazan or, or, or dealing with um, fears, phobias, and anxieties, uh, I'll say this. Acceptance in general is such an important trait in a relationship. It's it's probably number one. It's more than adapting. Adapting means we're going to adapt to each other. But acceptance. Ex- accept some of who they are. This is one of the biggest things you can do when it comes to a relationship. Even when it comes to your children, accept them for who they are. But when it comes to a spouse, if you can't accept someone for who they are, for what their personality is, for what they value, for what they respect, for what they stand for, what they do, how they behave, it doesn't mean that you don't want them to change or grow or adapt or get closer. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you want them to stay put for the rest of their life in a certain way. But accepting means I'm not here to change you. Trying to change other people is extremely frustrating work. And the reason it's so frustrating is because you're never successful at it. You can't change anyone. And when that becomes your mission and your motive, I'm going to change my spouse. I'm going to, I'm going to make her do things differently. I'm going to get him to understand this. I'm going, to, I'm going to get her to have a feeling for a certain thing. I'm going to get him to respect these ideals. I'm going to get him to... It's so frustrating. You keep on trying and trying and trying. It doesn't work. You can't change people. You can accept people. When you accept them enough, they change. You know, who listened to my class, 10 Mistakes in Marriage, that I once gave a Karaftuni, um, it, was, it was five groups of two mistakes each that were exactly the opposite. Um, one mistake was that nobody ever changes and you just got to settle for what you got. It's a big mistake. People change. People change. Don't worry. People adapt. People grow. People. But the second mistake was you could change anyone. Just put in the effort and you'll change them. That's a huge mistake. You can't change people. When you accept people, often they change. And if they don't and you accepted them, then you're a winner. And that's good. Now when it comes to a shidduch, it's all bashert. We know it's bashert. We know it. We have to keep on hearing it. We have to keep on reviewing it until we feel it. Sometimes we don't feel it. We just know it. But we have to believe it. It's not a question that Abu Yan Kaidum and Tsiyas Avlad Hashem makes the vegan. Not a question that no matter what your parents did right or wrong, no matter what any Shatham did right or wrong, whatever you did right or wrong, a Bashat is a Bashat. We call it a Bashat for a reason. Everything in this world is Bashat. But if, sometimes if we don't go with that kind of Aminat Batokhim, faith, sometimes if we don't have that um, strong, then, then it's definitely, it's definitely going to always make you crazy. Just last week I was, I was giving a Shia for Bukhrim. I gave a weekly share for Bukhrim and we're talking about decision making. Rabbi Bukhrim was, was jealous of his friend. When it comes to a decision, he always knows what to decide, which yeshiva to go to, which chavrisa to take, and when to get up. And I'm so indecisive. Again, a lot of that has to do with personality, and you could be jealous of whatever you want for the rest of your life and it won't change anything. But very a big part of decision making, I'm not talking about people who are naturally confident that just make decisions or don't, or don't care about the decision. Part of what it takes for a person who is indecisive to make a good decision is to know that it's all in Hashem's hands anyway. I'm doing my best, I'm trying to be responsible. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not trying to neglect my obligations of assessing the situation properly and doing my shtadlis. But I know that Hashem is running the show. Why am I taking this decision so seriously? Do I really think that it's, I'm responsible to be able to guess what's the right thing and hit it on the nail and never make a mistake? That's not what decision making is about. It's about trying my best to find the right way to do things. And with Hashem's help, I'll, I'll find it and Hashem's going to lead me. And when, and when I made a decision, and when I'm after that, after the fact, I'll always look back and say, it was Hashem that led me this way. And that's so important. And that's part of what helps us accept decisions, accept the shidduch, and accept people, who they are, because it's all in Hashem's hands. If you don't go with that kind of faith in the minute of then you'll, you'll never feel good. You'll never know if you did the right thing. You'll never be happy with what you got. You'll never be happy with the way things are. And this is, this is so basic. Hashem's helping you have to be machazak, your minute of just because you find yourself in a situation that you're uneasy about. And I think it's a, it's a gift. It's a gift because it's a gift for life. So this, this is definitely... Important, and I, I will say I'll end with this. If you're ready to take my word seriously and appreciate what you got, understand that adapting and finding the emotional connections is what's most important, and accepting and believing in Hashem that this is good is right, then then do it. And when I say do it, I mean to say, make peace with it. 
decide. Make that conscious um, um, turn in the page. However you want to do it. If you want someone to help you with it, if you want to do it on your own, you know what? I accept this. This is good for me and this is what I'm going to run with and this is... I'm never going to look back. Like I said before, I, unfortunately, I talked to people just this week. I was talking to somebody who tells me, I think part of what's bothering me in my marriage is that I never really uh, make peace with the fact that I married the right person. I, n- I never really decided this is what I wanted. I went to the shit for whatever reason. It's irrelevant. Um, and I felt I had to. I, I don't regret it. I don't think I did the wrong thing. But I never did it. I, ne- I never felt that I really wanted this. Automatically, when my wife does something that grates on my nerves, automatically, when something goes wrong at home, whatever it is, I always, I always have that some conscious uh, nagging, like, I, I, like, did I really marry the right person? Now, if that's always going to bother you, everything will bother you. If you can't come to terms and say, you know what, I'm making my decision now. What do you mean making a decision? I'm already a cow, I have a choice. I don't care if I have a choice or not. I make my decision now. This is the person I want to marry. Do it and don't look back as much as possible. This week somebody called me if I could help a chusen. Similar situation. Um, he became a chusen. He wasn't ready to, so he had to be pushed to it. And with that the parents were guided how to do it. And he's going around telling everyone who's getting a mazel tov. Mazel tov, became a chusen. Um, yeah, chanish gewalt. I, I didn't want to. But you're a chusen, right? Yeah, but I, I don't really want to get married. If you're going to keep on saying that, you have a problem. You have a problem. You could have the best shidduch in the world and you won't be happy because you didn't want to get married and you still don't want to get married. So if you could come to terms with this and decide based on what you're dealing with, based on whatever understanding I can help you with, based on whatever else anyone else could help you with, this is what I'm doing, this is what I want, and I'm never going to regret this decision because I'm making it right now. And it's a lesson for life people in other areas as well. It's definitely important. So I'm going to end off with the thought that I started with. There are things that look out of reach. And we learn from Basi Baspare, move in the right direction. But how am I going to make this relationship work? We don't have anything in common. Where am I going with this? Just, just go forward. Do what you could do to make it work. Hashem has His ways of, of making Nisim and making the impossible become possible. Even though this doesn't look impossible at all, I'm just saying Hashem has His ways of making things that look out of reach become in reach. All you have to do is do yours. And with Hashem's help, with the right understanding, the right acceptance, the right amin of we can all live together.